Magandang araw mga kababayan at kapwa naka-quarantine. Ako po si Howie Severino, journalist at COVID-19 survivor. Apat na buwan na po ang community quarantine sa Pilipinas. Isa sa mga pinakamahabang lockdown sa buong mundo. Nananalo na ba tayo sa laban kontra pandemya? Gaano kahaba pa kaya ito? Ano magagawa natin para mabawasan ang stress at maalagaan ang ating mental health? Susubukan sagutin ang mga tanong na yan ng aming mga panauhin. Welcome to Quarantined with Howie Severino. Patuloy na dumarami ang kaso ng COVID-19 sa Pilipinas. Sa unang linggo pa lang ng Hulyo, mahigit 10,000 kaso na ang nadagdag. At noong ikawalo ng Hulyo, na itala ang mahigit 2,500 COVID case. Pinakamaraming kasong nadagdag sa isang araw sa ngayon. Sa pinakahuling pagtaya naman ng mga eksperto mula sa University of the Philippines, maaring umabot hanggang 100,000 ang COVID cases sa katapusan ng Agosto. Itinigil ng limang araw ang operasyon ng Metro Rail Transit o MRT dahil sa pagdami ng mga empleyado nitong nagpositibo. Kasama na ang labing ticket sellers. Laging paalala ng gobyerno sa publiko na magsuot ng face mask, magugas ng kamay at lumayo na may isang metro mahigit sa makakatabi. Para ipaliwanag ang pananaw at ang ginagawa ng gobyerno, ang walang pagod na spokesperson ng Department of Health, si Health Undersecretary Dr. Rosette Singh Vergere. Good afternoon, uh, Howie. Magandang hapon po sa inyong lahat. Dr. Vergere, uh, just give us a quick rundown. Are we winning the war against this pandemic? And uh, ano ba yung basis natin para masabi kung nananalo tayo o dihado pa rin ang, ang ating uh, bansa? Well, there are several indicators that we use, Howie. Mga indicators para makapagsabi sa atin kung ano na talaga ang estado ng ating pagre-respond dito sa pandemyang ito. So ngayon, nakikita natin tumataas ang ating mga kaso. Uh, pero may mga indikasyon naman para makapagsabi na hindi tayo napupuno or we are not overwhelmed. no And this is uh, because uh, our main objective at the start was for us to uh, ipoprolong natin yung period ng pagtaas ng kaso. Meaning, we do not like to see the peaks at the early onset of this pandemic situation. Kasi gusto pa natin makapaghanda ang ating sistema bago tayo dumating sa punto na yon. So we were able to do quarantine measures. We started off with ECQ last March 16. And uh, dito sa mga nagawa nating quarantine measures, nakita natin na nakapag-ready ang ating health system uh, while we were having this kind of strict uh, lockdowns. Uh, gusto ko lang banggitin, ano, katulad nung una, meron lang tayong isang laboratorio na gumagawa ng test. Ngayon, meron na tayong 77 laboratories doing tests all over the country. Dati, wala tayong mga quarantine facilities. Nakapag-establish na rin tayo ng mga quarantine facilities all over the country. Even local governments were able to establish their own. Dati, ang ating mga ospital, uh, wala tayo yung specific na for COVID. Ngayon, meron tayong COVID referral hospitals. Meron din tayo para sa non-COVID patients. Saan ba yung concentration ng mga bagong kaso? Itong pagtaas ng COVID-19 cases, saan po nakakoncentrate ngayon? Oh, well, uh, dito sa mga nakaraang mga araw, no, makikita natin 
na ang mga kaso ay nanggagaling sa National Capital Region. And of course, alam na nating lahat, ang Region 7 has contributed to this for these past two weeks. And nakikita rin natin sa iba't ibang rehiyon may mga uh, nagkakaroon na rin ng kaso. No? But uh, Region 4A also uh, has, uh, has been uh, nakita namin sa mga datos. No? Nakakapagdagdag na rin siya ng mga kaso dito sa ating total number of cases. Alam mo, um, hindi natin ikakaila. Tumataas talaga ang mga kaso, pero hindi ito buong bansa. Unang-una, dahil nakapag-ramp up na tayo ng capacity natin for testing, so mas marami na tayo ngayon na tao na natitest at mas marami na tayo na-identify na COVID-positive patients. And pangalawa, nung aming pinag-aaralan itong mga datos nga natin na dumadami mga numero ng kaso, nakita natin yung iba't ibang factors which can has contributed to this increase in the number of cases. So una-una, nakita na natin talagang yung community transmission is a major factor. When we say it's community transmission, we cannot identify anymore kung saan nanggagaling ang kaso. And makikita natin ngayon, Howie, napakalax ng ating enforcement with our minimum health standards. Maglalakad ka dyan, uh, mag, habang dumadaan ka sa kalye, makikita mo ang mga tao, nandyan na sila lahat. Wala sila mga face mask, nagpukumpul-kumpul sila sa kanto, nagkwekwentuhan without physical distancing. Ito siguro ang dapat nating pagtuunan ng pansin ngayon dahil ito talaga ay napaka-importanting bagay sa ating response. Ano ba yung factors sa tingin nyo dito sa pagtaas ng uh, number of cases from uh, around 1,500 on July 4 to bigla na lang July 5, July 6, nag-2,000 na yung, uh, yung new cases ng COVID-19? Itong pagtetest natin kasi, we are now capturing those uh, high-risk individuals, no? Uh, dati, ang ating mga individuals lang na ini-include dito would be those with symptoms. Pero ngayon, we have expanded our protocols whereby itong mga exposed individuals na kahit walang simptomas ay tinetest na natin. Yung mga frontliners natin na hindi naman sila directly involved with patients like those contact tracers, yung ating mga nagsaswab, yung ating nagmaman na mga treatment facilities, yung atin pong mga PNP, AFP, and po lahat ay tinetest na natin ngayon and not necessarily may mga simptoma sila. And with that uh, manner, no, by that uh, by doing that, we were able maybe no to contribute to this rise in the positive cases. I we cannot really say for sure 100% that these are the specific factors. These are just assumptions and we are still studying our numbers. But it's fair to assume na inevitable din yung pagtaas ng kaso once you start loosening up the quarantines, no? Because more people are circulating, people are going to work, people are interacting in offices uh, and restaurants, etc. Did we flatten the curve in these past several months when we've had such strict lockdowns? The main objective of this thing that they say that we flatten the curve is really for us to be able to be ready uh, that our health that our health system will be capacitated so that we can we will not be overwhelmed and we will be able to accommodate uh, our citizens if and when our the surges will happen well a uh, fairly large concentration of this surge that is happening now ay naganap po sa sa MRT no uh, which is a major contact point for a lot of people no and alam natin um, aside from the lockdown, contact tracing is one of the strategies for containing this disease. No? So, 
how do you contact trace <laughs> uh, something like that na maaring hundreds of people yung uh, nakasalamuha ng bawat uh, tao doon sa MRT na na-infect? We're not going to deny that. It's really a challenge. But what we did at the, the onset, no, at the outset, at the initial, uh, when we found uh, that uh, really the cases were increasing, they, uh, we already announced no, that uh, there is this incident where uh, some of the employees of the MRT uh, were infected. So by doing this, we were already informing people uh, who happened to be uh, on that uh, same day that uh, these employees were there or who happened to have bought these tickets uh, while uh, these employees were there so that they can voluntarily inform the DOH or the DILG that we may be able to trace them and get their details. But another thing would be the closing down of MRT is another strategy. We would want to contain, we would want to... Uh, uh, to have that gap uh, in the these days uh, that uh, this uh, the operations would stop so that we won't further uh, have this transmission uh, uh, continue. And of course, the third one would be to quarantine all of those people who were identified positive and all of those individuals who were of uh, who had contact no with these employees so that we'll be able to uh, again prevent a uh, further transmission. I just want to ask you about Cebu, no? Because um, there, it's been in the news for this rise in cases, etc. Sampo nagka problema sa Cebu. Well, maraming factors, no? Uh, for Cebu uh, that we have uh, seen and we have identified, no? So, yung mga sinasabi nilang mass gathering, yes, uh, that can be part of it. Uh, but basically, kahit sa Cebu, community transmission pa rin, no? Nakita natin. Uh, that in most parts, or oh, actually ngayon, ang Cebu, meron silang 60-plus barangays out of 80-plus barangays in their city, na sa Cebu City, na may clusters of infection. So, doon pa lang, makikita mo na evident na talaga ang community transmission. Sa Cebu, nagumpisa yan sa closed institutions, di ba? Sa mga prisons, uh, sa mga jails sa Cebu, doon talaga nagkaroon ng mga paunang clustering doon sa areas nila. Dito rin sa atin, nagkaroon na rin tayo ng ganyan. So, uh, these are all factors no, that uh, may have contributed to the rise in the cases, both in Cebu and also here in the National Capital Region. Okay, we're also receiving word from Cebu na marami dong hospital na punong-puno na and uh, um, morale of uh, healthcare workers, doctors and nurses are, are down. Sa National Capital Region, nung nag-umpisa tayo ng pandemya, Ang napuno talaga, private hospitals. The big private hospitals were really overwhelmed then. Diba? Uh, kasi ang mga tao, they wanted uh, uh, nandun sa mind, no? Dito ako kasi magaling, diba? Ganyan, ganito. They have that perception eh. And I think that's what's happened to Cebu also because when the secretary went there, they checked the government hospitals and even Vicente Soto, which is the biggest government hospital there. And then they found that Vicente Soto only has 40 to 50 percent capacity compared to um, an almost overwhelmed private sector in Cebu. So what they did, they built, uh, they had this referral mechanism. The secretary has ordered, and even Secretary Sematu ordered this referral network between the private and the public doon sa Cebu para magkaroon ng pasahan ng pasyente. Pag hindi na uso sa padala mo lang dito. So. Yung, yung uh, tendency na yun, no? na magpa-confine na lang sa private hospitals uh, rather than government or public uh, hospitals. 
um, I guess that would show that people trust private hospitals more no, than, than public hospitals. I don't see any reason why they cannot trust government hospitals. Pag tinignan natin hawi ngayon, sino ba ang COVID referral hospitals dito sa atin? It's PGH, it's Lung Center of the Philippines, it's Jose N. Rodriguez Memorial Medical Center no? dito sa atin. These are government hospitals. There are lots of numbers being uh, discussed now. Uh, ano bang pinaka-importanting data set? Actually, uh, pag tinignan natin, lahat importante because you would want to know how... Uh, how your numbers are doing, if it's increasing per day. You want to know how many deaths per day. You want to know how much have recovered. So, lahat yan importante. When we talk about numbers, it's how we interpret it, no? Number two, we would want to look at the recoveries and deaths also because these are the important outcomes. That when you manage a case, you manage the individuals, they can either recover and they can either die. So nakikita mo kung paano yung health system mo na natutugunan ang pangangailangan ng mga tao. That's why when we give it to the general public, we always include these three numbers. No? Also, we would like to highlight on the deaths as well. Because pag pinag-usapan ng death, napaka-importante niyan sa mga tao. Yan yung parang ginagawa nilang marker no? kung ikaw ay nagiging successful at hindi. Even though our cases are rising, even though our, the numbers are doubling in how many days, pakikita po natin yung ating deaths, yung mga namamatay, has been stable, no? has been uh, going down for this last uh, month uh, starting May. Hanggang ngayon po, pababa pa rin siya. So this is one very good indicator for our country. And gusto ko lang i-emphasize, Howie, pag tinignan natin yung ating classification of our positive cases, we would find around 93 or 94% are mild, no? May mild symptoms, mga 5% ang asymptomatic, and only less than 1% ang severe at critical. So, ibig sabihin, we are not really expecting uh, na madaming mamamatay dito sa ating bansa because of this uh, classification ng ating mga active cases. Well, may mga nag-oobserba, no? One problem in getting a truer picture of the COVID situation in the Philippines is itong backlog ng test results, no? Uh, kaya nagkakaroon ng uh, parang late cases, fresh cases, and then, yun nga, parang nagiging labo-labo yung uh, pag-a-analyze pag itong uh, ng sitwasyon dahil nga doon sa backlog. Uh, um, ano ba yung factors dito sa backlog? And nasasolve na ba to uh, so that we get a truer picture of our situation? Actually, Howie, uh, ang backlog, eh, uh, yan eh, sa laboratories. Ano? Uh, itong ating mga laboratories, uh, marami tayong mga day-to-day -day operational issues. Our, our laboratories are working on uh, uh, itong mga test na dumadating sa kanila na minsan uh, talagang overwhelmed sila. No? Especially when we expanded our protocols na talagang dumami na ng dumami ng gusto ang mga nagpapadala ng mga samples. That's one. Pangalawa, uh, marami tayong operational issues sa laboratories natin. Unang-una na yung ating supplies. We all know that there is this international shortage of these laboratory supplies because all countries are competing for this. Pag naubos ang isang klase ng supply, tumitigil ang operasyon ng isang laboratorio and that causes our backlogs also. Also, there are unforeseen events such as 
pag nagkakaroon ng typhoon o di kaya umuulan ng malakas, meron na tayong mga laboratorio na naapektuhan na dahil dito nasira ang equipment kasi may tumulo sa bubong, uh, nasira yung mismong uh, pader no? uh, dahil kasi malakas na malakas ang ulan noon at uh, nagkaroon ng sira yung negative pressure rooms. And another important factor would be the factor for our health human resources. Nabalitaan naman natin ano, na yung ating mga tao rin sa laboratorio nagkakaroon din ng sakit na ito o di kaya na-expose. So they need to be quarantined. So it's been said that yung target natin per day uh, is uh, 30,000 tests uh, to get a, yun nga, a better picture of the scale of the spread of infection. Ganun din, are we, is that still our target and how close are we to that target now? Well, we started off having that uh, 30,000 uh, tests per day na, na target, no? And then it was shifted that we should be able to do 1.5 million tests uh, until the end of July. And nakita naman natin, no, na uh, itong ating uh, total test conducted already is already almost uh, uh, 800 plus thousands. And uh, sa ngayon, we are averaging 18,500 tests per day. Hindi na masyadong malayo, katulad nung nag-umpisa tayo, na talagang mukhang hindi natin mararating ang mga targets na ito. Anong groups yung tinatarget nyo dyan? Kasi if, uh, you only, if our target is only that many, we're a very large population, no? Siyempre, kailangan meron kayong tinatarget na population. Yes, so when we had our expanded protocols, uh, yung sabi ko nga, eh, yung mga other frontliners, Uh, yun mga mga vulnerable patients no yung mga ooperahan nagdialysis nagkikemotherapy sinama na natin yan no for this past uh, revision of the expanded protocol ngayon meron pa tayo uling ginagawa na nire-revise natin uli this is in partnership already with the private sector yung T3 uh, ngayon uh, ini-expand natin siya sa iba pang mga uh, kasama natin dito sa mga citizens natin and this would would already include no yung lahat to ng uh, sinasabi natin na uh, let's say uh, the uh, BJMP yung sa mga closed uh, care institutions yung mga communities na na-identify natin na may clusters pupuntahan po natin yan and we will be testing those clusters in the community so ano yung latest prognosis yan how how far or how close are we to having a vaccine meron na tayo mga nauuna na na mga manufacturers na nasa stage 3 na sila nung clinical trial. When we do clinical trial, it has four stages or four phases, no? So may phase 1, tinusubukan sa mga animals, phase 2, konting uh, mga tao lang ang binibigyan muna para makita lang kung talagang ligtas kapag kabinigay. Phase 3, mas marami ng tao, libo na yung pinag-uusapan natin para makita natin if it's going to be efficacious. Ibig sabihin, uh, talagang uh, masosolve niya or ma- ma-address niya no, yung sakit na ito. And then of course, phase 4 is the last part. Ngayon, meron na tayong mga phase 3 na mga kumpanya na nandiyan na yung kanilang bakuna. These days, mama, kasi uh, tag-ulan na and people are talking about a third quarter storm. No? Third quarter storm where nandiyan na yung surge sa COVID, nandiyan pa yung dengue, nandiyan pa yung mga iba pa mga rainy season uh, related uh, uh, diseases, schistosomiasis, etc. No? Um, how are you How are you preparing for all of this? One thing which um, you know I think is working to our advantage also how we would be the preventive measures that we do uh, for COVID-19 is also uh, capturing na rin, ano, and trying to prevent the other diseases as well. Like for example, 
the seasonal flu, uh, this influenza, it is uh, something that you get also for your uh, sa respiratory system. Mo. People wearing masks has prevented people no, from getting too much of this. No? When in fact, we know sudden changes in weather o di kaya ay pagtagulan, talagang dumadami ang mga influenza natin or yung mga common colds, yung mga ibang viruses. Pero na-prevent because of that. Second would be the people always washing their hands. And again, we are now covering the other diseases no, that we are preventing because we always wash our hands this time. Physical distancing is also something that can prevent some of those diseases pre-COVID no, that we are watching out for. So these kind of things, no, cleaning the environment always. Or, uh, isa pa rin yan, no, na nakakatulong din sa atin para maibsan natin yung pagtaas ng mga ibang sakit na kinakatakutan natin, especially when, it, when it's the rainy season. So pag humaba itong COVID-19, can you also foresee na it's going to be part of our new normal? It's just going to be one of just one of those diseases that Filipinos have to deal with. Yes, we actually uh, this is part of uh, uh, this is what our experts were saying. No? COVID is uh, I think uh, uh, they say that uh, might be here to stay with us for a long time until vaccine comes. So, kailangan lang talaga na reinforcement, reinforcement, reinforcement. Araw-araw, kahit nakukulitan, we need to reinforce that this is the only way to go right now. For us to be able to employ and to implement these minimum health standards. With that, uh, I, we want to thank you for your time, uh, Doktora. No? Uh, maraming salamat uh, sa inyong uh, panahon and uh, for sharing uh, all of that information and insight. Thank you very much, Shawi, and maraming salamat po uh, sa inyong lahat. Thank you. Masusing sinusubaybayan ang ating susunod na panauhin ang mga programa at datos ng Department of Health. Isa siyang infectious disease specialist, mathematician, at ngayon isang popular na blogger tungkol sa pandemya, si Dr. Benjamin Ko. Hello, good afternoon everybody. I hope I can enlighten everyone on the numbers this afternoon. Well, in your uh, one of your most recent posts on your popular blog, uh, you wrote about the surge in cases, uh, COVID cases in the Philippines, at uh, tinawag yung alarming. Bakit kayo naalarmado? Well, definitely, when you see the numbers surge a hundred percent. I mean, we in the previous weeks we were coming in at around four hundred to five hundred. And then later on, we were coming in at around 1,000. We were tipping the 1,000 scale. Tapos, tumatagos na tayo sa 1,000. Just to clarify, yes. you're talking about 400 to 500 uh, COVID cases per day. Yes, COVID per positive day. cases. Yes, per day. And then tumaas na 1,000. And now we're up to yes. 2,000 confirmed yes. COVID positives per day. Correct. Imagine, hindi man lang tayo from 1,400 plus we tipped the scale at 2,434. We didn't even try to touch 2,000. We just jumped. So we're now tipping at the 2,000 scale. And that's, that's kind of alarming considering that in the report of the DOH, they, are still, they were still classifying it as fresh and late. That means may mga backlogs pa din, may mga, may mga pasyente, na humahabol pa din na, na test ng positive noon. Ang tanong, ilan pa yan? So Doc, may I just clarify, no? Kasi uh, could, it, could this increase in confirmed uh, COVID positive cases also be a function of 
the increase in testing. That's possible, but uh, I've always said that, you know, the idea for the reason why we do tests is so that we are able to identify patients. We're, identi we're able to identify positive patients, kung sino yung positibo. The reason why we want to test is we want to get the results early so that we, are we will be able to do contact tracing among those that these patients who are positive came in contact with. Mm -hmm. And the idea of testing more is to find more negatives eventually. What you want to do is you want to test and then in spite of the increase in testing, you're, what you're getting now is mas maraming negatives ka na nakukuha. Hindi yung na-overwhelm na you're still getting 15, 17% daily rate. Understood. Um, and, and the other, uh, other data set we've been looking at is uh, how we compare with other countries. For example, we're often <laughs> compared to Singapore kasi magkadikit tayo halos sa, yung sa absolute numbers of confirmed cases. I think we just overtook them. But... Uh, wouldn't you say even that is misleading because napakalaki ng ating populasyon, no? As opposed to Singapore, which is less than 6 million, tayo halos we're about 110 million. So some others are saying ang mas, mas uh, accurate na sukatan if you're going to be measuring the Philippine situation with other countries is yung cases per million. Cases per million. And then I looked at one of the websites that that was linked to your blog. And then in terms of uh, cases per million, we're actually number 120 in the world. And uh, Singapore, because they have a much smaller population, is number 15. It's a complicated question that you pose, but let me, let me try to dissect what you, you propose. No? Uh, and we're, I, I guess what you're saying is that it's not fair to compare apples and oranges. That's true. Number one is that the healthcare system in Singapore is different from ours. Number that 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 that's the first thing. So it would not be fair to compare our healthcare system and their health healthcare system and their population. And you are right when you say that uh, we should compare it in terms of cases per million. But you see, the Philippines, the Philippine data is diluted. And when I say that it is diluted, you're talking about 110 million people all over the country from Batanes all the way down to Holo. And majority of these areas are not, uh, do not have that many number of cases of COVID. So let's pick now a certain place that has almost the same population as Singapore and is as large as Singapore in the Philippines. And that's Cebu. And you will see that the total number of cases per million is almost similar to each other. If you look at our two epicenters, which is the National Capital Region and, and Cebu in, in, in itself, uh, the, the, the numbers really, if you separate everything, 75% of the total cases in the Philippines are actually just coming from two areas. We've often been compared to Vietnam because uh, they have a, a similar size of population. Um, is it still possible to emulate what they did to, to minimize uh, the number of deaths that have happened? I think they have zero, zero deaths in Vietnam para hanggang ngayon. Uh, they are considered a success uh, story uh, in the, uh, globally. You know? Yeah, Vietnam and Cambodia have zero. Uh, they also have very few cases. Um, but 
it goes back to the point in uh, Colway said, no, if we did this early, the one death in three Chinese patients seen in January, if we did everything that early, the same as what Vietnam did, when they saw their first case, they shut down their border. They're right there. They're right there at the border of China. Uh, them in Cambodia, they're right there. You shut down the borders, you stop making people come in. If we did what they did, and we did the quarantine way back in January or February, much earlier, when the cases were still few, then we probably would have emulated them. We, we would have seen the success story. Unfortunately, I don't think we will see that success story anymore because we have more than 1,000 deaths and we have more than 40,000 cases. But Doc, you also mentioned uh, in your blog that parang uh, dumadami din, or there's kind of a mysterious uh, others, no? Uh, yeah. There are, I think, over 500 new new cases that came from unidentified places. No, that's not a small number. What what could explain that? Bakit hindi na identify, hindi na breakdown kung saan itong mga bagong positives na to? Um, I've been tracking this for a while and you others have started popping up actually in the last two to three weeks. You will notice that the breakdown of the health department is national capital region, region seven, others at repatriates in the last two to three weeks. Yan ang kanilang breakdown always. You others, mm -hmm. sometimes uh, after they've cleaned it up, you will get the surprise of your life. Kasi yung pala, they are part of the national capital region. Yung iba sa others, nasa NCR pala. Um, most of those that are classified under others have no, um, they, they don't have uh, a specified location. So hindi nila alam talaga kung saan nang gagaling or kung meron silang specified location. That's why they need to reconcile that. Kasi hindi pwede siyang maiwan as others. Even though you break down Cebu, maraming unknown. Kahit nasabihin mo sa Region 5, may mga unknown na natitira. Kasi wala, wala silang definite location. Um, that's, that's, that's troublesome. I, I, and I say that that's troublesome kasi by the time that you do, I get to identify them. Um, on na siya eh. Uh, medyo kumalat na sa isang lugar. As, as a matter of fact, I think uh, that is also the, the question of some of the uh, local government units that they've been reporting, but uh, they've not been classified uh, as an emergency area. Hanggang ngayon, may nagsasabi na pati yung, yung number of deaths ay inaccurate, no? misleading, kasi hindi nga, maraming namamatay, hindi naman binibilang na COVID death, etc. No? Um, What's the most valuable part of the data that people should pay attention to? Ano bang, ano bang dapat bigyan natin ng halaga at this point? The recovery rate is going to be very difficult to get. And that's the reason why our recovery rate is probably very low. But I'm not going to rely on recovery rates. I would rather pick on death rates because that's the most countable. That's the most accurate. Wala naman taong namamatay na walang adrese. Hindi mo alam kung saan nanggaling yung taong yun na namatay. Kasi may ililibing ka. So that, that, that's definite, that uh, the death rate is very important. Your number of deaths, I mean, another way of looking at it is we have 12 deaths per million, which uh, globally, we're number 110. 
Yeah, but that's one death too many. I mean, we can do better. That's the point. So, yung, yung testing, uh, Doc, no? Uh, it's been, uh, every, many experts say, uh, you know, uh, the two main strategies that, that have worked is aggressive contact tracing and testing, targeted or mass test, testing uh, on, a, on a wide scale. No? Uh, how would you rate or what kind of grade would you, would you give us, Good the Philippines, in those two uh, strategies? With regards to testing, I will give us an A for effort, uh, which is good. And uh, on a scale of 0 to 10, I probably would give it a 6 or 7. Um, we're testing a lot. The only reason why I have reservations on the testing is that we may not be testing in the right places. Um, we have too many testing centers that are confined in more urbanized areas. And I think the testing centers should be uh, in other regions as well. The reason why I say that is because I've always said that the only way you can get out of a quarantine is to require every local government unit to have its own isolation and quarantine facility and its own testing center if possible so that you don't get delays in test results. The other question you had was aside from the testing center was on the contact tracing. That's what Singapore does. It does aggressive contact tracing. And that's where you see the numbers differ. In terms of case fatality rates, they have less than 100 deaths. With the same number that we have, we have 1,000 deaths. So if you do aggressive contact tracing, you can avoid those deaths because you're able to identify these patients from the beginning. So sino yung nahawa? Kung sino yung meron, sino nahawa nito na isolate ko na ng maaga. You were emphasizing in your in your writing no na napaka importante yung turnaround times sa data. Uh, uh, why is this? Uh, why is it important that the results are submitted very promptly after COVID tests are done? If your data comes out very late, for example, you have a patient who tests positive, but you find out seven days later, it's going to be very difficult to do contact tracing on, this, on that seven-day period. Diba? Kaya importante na mabilis lumalabas yung mga test results. Did we succeed? Na-flatten ba yung curve ng pagdami ng cases sa Pilipinas? For a while, sometime in April, towards the mid part of May, we were able to bend the curve. As a matter of fact, we were seeing lower, lesser cases. But syempre, I was, I was skeptical because I knew that there was quite a surmountable backlog. I was praying that siguro itong backlog na to, e puro mga negatives naman to. In all fairness to the government, the quarantine actually works. The question is, how long a quarantine should you put in order to uh, to address this pandemic? Kasi totoo naman, hindi naman pwedeng patagalin to. Eh, dalawa mong mayayari, gutom yan, mamamatay sa gutom, o mamamatay ka sa pandemic. But not everybody has that resources. Not even the government has, its, has that resources to keep providing funds to patients and to people. 
baka inevitable na pag, pag lumuwag yung uh, protocols, yung quarantine, ay talagang dadami yung cases. Kasi hindi naman kahit mag-ingat ka, hindi maiwasan na tulad yan, yung, yung MRT uh, sellers, no? yung, yung nag-i-interact sa mga pasahero, marami sa kanila nag-positibo. So maybe that's really the price that society, our society will need to pay you know? eh, to, get, to get economic activity and people moving again. Yes, that's true. But we can do it wisely. And um, like I said, no? uh, when I say you can do it wisely, you have to think first before you, you actually do anything. Um, so a perfect example of that is like, for example, um, we all need to go out. We need to go out to buy food. We need to go out to the supermarket. We need to go out to do things, errands, chores, etc. We need to go and see the doctor. Pero paglabas natin, ang unang iisipin mo, pwede bang lahat yun tutuhugin ko na? Uh, sadly, not everybody realized that we have a personal responsibility, not only to ourselves, but to the community that we live in. Ang responsibility na yun, hindi lang nanggagaling dapat sa atin at para sa atin na hindi tayo magkasakit. Pero we have to make sure that other people don't get sick because of us. Uh, kailan ba natin masasabi na nanalo na tayo? Uh, dito sa laban natin uh, kontra coronavirus. The only way you can find out that you're winning this pandemic is that the more tests you do, the less positives you get. And when we're getting fewer and fewer and fewer positives until we get to the number zero, then we have won the war. As a matter of fact, if we have no reports for two weeks and we have had no deaths consecutively for two weeks, then you know that we're on track. So, Doc, uh, ano yung prediction nyo? How long will this last? The third quarter is entitled The Third Quarter Storm in my blog. Because we did not see a very good second quarter. We were doing well in the second quarter in the first half. But the last half of the second quarter uh, saw an upward trend. And the third quarter must break that upward trajectory. If we are unable to break that upward trajectory for the whole third quarter, that's July, August, and September. This is when the rainy season is. This is also when the flu season is. This is also when there are more outbreaks of other diseases in the Philippines. Dengue, measles, and all flu, all the other vaccine-preventable diseases. Itong tatlong buwan na to is a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm, and therefore, if we still don't get better in this third quarter, our last quarter will really be bad. Because it takes two weeks for people to recover from this illness. You can just imagine, kung mataas pa yung numero natin, by the end of the third quarter, we will spend Christmas this way. Okay, thank you so much for your insights and uh, your time, uh, Dr. Benjamin Ko. Infectious disease expert, mathematician, and COVID blogger. Maraming maraming salamat sa inyo. Mabuhay kayo, Dr. Benjamin Ko. Thank you. Thank you, Howie. Maraming salamat din po. Dr. Dena Blogger ang buli naming guest ngayon. Isang occupational medicine specialist, head ng Women's Wellness Center sa Makati Medical Center, at isang cancer survivor, si Dr. Gia Sison. Hi, Howie, and thank you for the invite. And uh, I'm glad to be here with you conversing. 
salamat doc. Uh, huli tayong nag-usap, no? We we were on the same uh, webinar together noong Mayo. Uh, and of course back then nag-aalala na tayo, pero ngayon, uh, two months later, are you more worried now about the pandemic than you were back in May? Yes. Uh, kung maging honest lang ako talaga about it, yes. Uh, Unang-una sa lahat, uh, yung uncertainty na naalala mo, there's a spectrum of a lot of mental health concerns uh, during a pandemic. Lumalalim kasi hawi yung uncertainty natin. And we all know, as we speak, the numbers aren't getting better. For one, uh, dumadating tayo sa point that Parang yung mentality is already shifting to, ah, nasasanay na tayo dito, kaya na natin to. So, personally, I have witnessed uh, there are some who are getting lax in terms of wearing of masks, etc. The numbers are expected to rise because nag-relax yung quarantine rules, nag-increase yung testing capacity, that's a given. But still, a rise in number is still something to be worried about. We are at this point, because that study was made by SAMHSA, just break it down, but the society is in mental health services. We are at the disillusionment phase. Nandiyan na lumalabas yung mga trigger, triggers like yun, loss of job, loss of financial security, spike in cases. And let's face it, Howie, at this point, may donor fatigue na rin because um, Matagal na to eh. At first, ang daming nagdo-donate. Ang daming willing mag-shell uh, out mo. But we have to realize that tao rin yung nagdo-donate. And thus, na-deplete rin yung resources. Now, based on that study also, it shows that after a year, dun pala magre-rebuild yung economy, everything. So, it takes more than a year for us to be able to you know, recover from a... This is for coming from a disaster perspective. So we're in the disillusionment phase. I wanted to ask you about mental wellness. frontliners, And I, I count uh, journalists and media people among them because many of my colleagues, they're out in the field every day and they go home to families and they're very worried. What can you advise these groups of people who are under unusual amounts of stress and they face unusual uh, risks uh, every day? We have to realize, Howie, that Self-care, you know, self-care is very important no? in the pyramid of uh, mental health. Self-care is the foundation based on, that's based on World Health Organization. And all of us, we cope in different ways. So find your, find your way of coping that you are most comfortable at. And let's not forget that never go into battle without a gear. So again, parang if you feel that you will be unsafe in something that you should cover, then don't do it. I think it's about time that we have to that's one. Talk about it. Um, I think uh, having a support group is very important. You don't have to talk about the disaster in itself, the pandemic, but you can just talk about how you feel. Let it out. Because, you know, the best for me, uh, the best uh, having had survived cancer, the best um, thing that helped me cope during those uncertain times where, where was somebody to listen to me. Family, that, that mattered to me a lot. So talk about it. It's, a, it's never, hindi naman kawalan pag-usapan na natatakot kayo. And it's really a normal, normal feeling. Anxiety, 
um, uncertainty, fear. It's it's normal to feel that way, most especially during a pandemic. I guess in, in more normal times, uh, this kind of advice, uh, people would, uh, would comply uh, by getting together or, you know, my physical closeness, no? But I guess magagawa din yan online, you know? I mean, you can actually achieve the same uh, goals through this kind of interaction. Exactly. So that's where technology comes in. Or a phone call, a text, uh, reaching out to a colleague or a friend saying, asking how are you, that's actually very powerful. Let's not lose that social connectedness that we have all the more that we should be connected because COVID just teaches us physical distancing and not social distancing. We all know people who are going through some severe economic uh, distress, no? which is on top of the worries about getting sick or their families getting sick. No? I mean, how do you, how do you talk to people like that? How do you help them? Listening is very important. That's a number one, uh, number one best thing that uh, you can ever do. Uh, because some people are just not ready to talk about it. So let's not force it. Let's not force them. You just have to reassure that you are there whenever they're ready. And yes, uh, volunteer, volunteering to support them in a way can be, and it will be a big help. But also, don't be too overwhelmed and don't be, don't feel obligated that you have to do it. So, because Doc, no, uh, the the unique thing about this disease is it's very lonely, you know, uh, from the time you're patient and and uh, for those uh, tragic cases, uh, and the ones who pass away. Ano pa ang pwedeng gawin, no? Pag uh, pag may kilala kang namatayan. Well, what I found helpful, uh, I can only share from a personal standpoint was mas regular yung pag how are you and then uh, having to talk about good memories uh, can actually help. In fact, kahit naman wala yung uh, COVID, talking about good memories, how how this person has touched her lives can can be actually very, very helpful. Anong tingin nyo, Doc? Uh, uh, kasi ngayon tinitingbang ng gobyerno, ng lipunan, yung the the various risks no because uh, we cannot be locked down forever diba? should we learn to live with a certain amount of risk of getting sick so that we don't go crazy being locked down all all year round that's a very good point uh yes that's part of it no accepting the current situation and but not losing sight of the hope that is that, that that that's that's in front of us because let's face it this this may take some time but this too shall pass and um in terms of the in terms of behavior it it really matters so make sure that you are practicing health protocols because and and stay safe now though again don't let your guards down and uh already have this mindset that this is gonna be my lifestyle from today well one of the unique aspects of this so-called new normal no yung um a lot of people now uh, have to work from home, you know? and, uh, and, and a lot of people who have to work from home are also parents of young children who are always at home. You know? uh, so you can imagine the, the, stress, the stress of that, trying to meet deadlines, meet, uh, you know, uh, having 
conference calls uh, on work, etc., and then having children around and who need to be homeschooled and and all of that. No, ano ma advice nyo in terms of kind of achieving some kind of equilibrium in that situation? I think uh, Howie, for me, work is a two-way. It's a two-way thing. It's an agreement between your employer and you as an employee, or vice versa. So this is where flexible accommodations come in. You might want to talk about how you can be productive because we're not expected to be 101% productive because we're working from home, making the best out of the situation that's given. So that's number one. Communicate and flex, flex, your, flex the parameters. And then um, talk about it with your partner. Because uh, it's a shared responsibility, especially for working parents. Um, talk about it. Na kung, kung gusto niya maghati kayo na siya muna sa magbantay sa bata. Number two, it pays to have a routine. Kasi ang problema dyan, Howie, ang work from home, um, natatanggal yung social cue eh. Yung tipong pagising mo, there's this thinking na I have to work na kasi I'm at home na. Baka parang feeling mo, you're not productive. But in that way, it's not gonna help. So maintain a routine. When you wake up, you still follow. Eat breakfast and then set a certain time that you're gonna work. And set a space pa. No? So no matter how small your space is, may certain spot ka doon na pag pumunta ka doon, trabaho lang. And that actually sets this um, tone in your mind na ano siya, it's a subliminal message. Hindi naman porket nasa bahay ka at 24-7 on call ka. Set your own personal boundaries and respect. Also, the boundaries of your workmates. No, Up to a certain time, doon ka lang tatanggap ng email. After that, hindi na. So, boundaries for me is really very, very important when it comes to that. All right. That's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for your wise advice and uh, sharing your knowledge and experience. Dr. Gia Sison. Thank you, Howie. Thank you so much. Ayon sa mga eksperto, nananalo man tayo o hindi, hindi natin maaasahan matatapos ang pandemya sa lalong madaling panahon. Ngunit, maari pa rin gawing better normal ang lipunan. Dahil mas mula tayo ngayon sa kalusugan at mas nabibigang pansin ang ibang mahalagang bagay. Isa na rito ang pakikinig ng mabuti sa mga nararamdaman ng malalapit sa atin. Pusible pa rin naman ang social closeness sa panahon ng physical distancing. This is Quarantined with Howie Severino.